Welcome to The Concrete Conservative. This is Mac on the Rock with Marvelous Victorious Vidal, as in Edward Vidal. No, I'm not Edward, I'm Eduardo. Eduardo Vidal right. from Texas. Yes, that's Not fine. Mexican. No, no. How many How many Cubans uh, actually lived in Texas? Two or three. Two or three only. Ted Cruz. You and Ted Cruz. Yeah. You get, and then you dilute your genes by marrying green guys. Anglos. Anglos? Anglos. Yeah. Anglos. Well, you know, I'm really upset with the freaking Republicans. You know, I'm so tired of a, an outstanding phenomenon, political phenomenon, that is Donald J. Trump. And for four Republicans to be voting against the uh, voting against his emergency order, I find that repulsive. A yeah, president has an obligation to secure the well, safety of the United States, first and foremost. Right. Okay, here's, but here's the scoop. Trump is not going around Congress. He's going within the legislation that Congress passed in 1976. And he's also using funds that are in the budget that can right. be awarded to right, other places. Right, 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 right. So he is not going around Congress. So why do they say, why does uh, Pinhead Rand Paul say that the money's he's, taken he's, from somewhere else? It wasn't, uh, it it wasn't was a, sanctioned by the legislature. He, he's being... Uh, an anus. Yeah, an ass. And the same thing with Tom Tillis in North Carolina, and of course Lisa Murkowski, we know about her, and Susan Yeah, the Rollins. two female uh, senators yeah. are liberals. So the, the thing to do with these things is that's what primaries are for, especially Tom Tillis in North Carolina, but also Lisa Murkowski. I don't know about Susan Collins in Maine, but the Trumpster should absolutely primary those people. I like Rand Paul, so I don't want to primary him, but... He hey, he supported McConnell so many times. Funny. Well, what do you like should, him about? He should primary. I should, should primary, like him more than you because I'm should, a real Tea Party. He should primary McConnell. Trump Ted should Cruz primary has McConnell. to be the Senate Majority Leader by now. It's pretty obvious this country needs Ted's wits. We need a, a courageous conservative, not a weasel There's like Mitch one. McConnell. Do you, do you know of any cons courageous conservative in the Senate other than Ted Cruz? Uh, Mike Lee in Utah is pretty good. You're absolutely right. I had forgotten about that. That's Mike about Lee. it. I can't think of any. And other. I, I had an opportunity to meet him during the Miami debates, and quite frankly, a very formidable guy. Yeah, he's good. Very he's honest, good, yeah. mild mannered, knows his place. Uh, isn't uh, he isn't out there looking for press? He isn't out there, uh, you know, cheerleading. Right. Because a lot of these people are, are it's sad to say, but you, uh, they're actors. You know, they're playing these roles. That's part of yeah. And uh, they have their scripts for the day. And they know what they're going to say. Just about any outlet that, that wants to listen to them. I know that Ron DeSantis to get elected governor of Florida. I saw his agenda on his notebook. It was mm -hmm. Fox News, Fox News, Fox News, Fox News, Fox News, Fox News. Yeah, Fox no, News, he Fox got News. he got elected in the primary, and he just got the general. Just being out there, being being on Fox News every freaking day, defending the Trumpster. That's how he got. That's how he won the the uh, primary. Well, he was guess down, what? He was at three percent, and he went up to sixty percent in the polls. And he well, won't go away. Don't swallow, you know, don't swallow Trump's, the... Trump's uh, speech? Trump's, you know, you did you watch the whole C-SPAC? I did not watch the whole thing. I, well, I, guess I, what? I trumped you, because I watched you got, the whole... You watched the whole... What were the your highlights hours. that you thought? The highlights of it? Yeah, what were, you, what were your... Did you think were the highlights? I, you know, I'm a corny man, hugging the flag in the beginning. Oh, come on. <laughs> I also like that he celebrated Candace Owens' engagement to Candace a white guy. Candace Owens is a real dynamiter. I saw her speech. Yeah, but you know she's going to lose a lot of uh, black following because she marries a white guy. Oh, come on. It, you know, they're going to call her Uncle Tom big time. It's uh, As if they're not we're, already? We're, yeah. how, do you call her, how do you call her Uncle Tom? It has to be like no, Uncle, no, no. Here's the Uncle Terrence? She, I, mean, I heard her speech, and she was saying that two so years ago— smart. 
Well, no, she's not. Two years ago, why ain't she smart? Because two years ago, she fell for all this progressive stuff. And it's only, I think, it really, happened to you too at the no, same age. I did not. You were progressive no, no, when no, you were in your twenties. No, I was not. Yes, you were. In you were a Democrat. In 1980, I was always a conservative, even though I was a Democrat. I was a Scoop Jackson, Gene Kirkpatrick Democrat until 1980, when, when I saw Ronald over. Reagan. When I saw Ronald Reagan, and he gave me a reason to become a Republican and a conservative Republican, and that's what I've been ever since. You got to have people, and I think Trump is the one that's opened her eyes. It's Trump taking on political correctness that it enabled her to see what's going on. I don't she, think my audience and your audience is buying your BS. You were a progressive whether you like it I or was not. I was never Scoop a progressive. Scoop Jackson. Me a who break. in the hell was Scoop Give me Jackson? A break. But, but, but you Candace, were a George Wallace Democrat. No. Candace Owens said that you know she stated certain truths. Like that, the police is not after black folks in America. It black folks are after black folks in America. This is true. Parents, fathers. I think abandoned Chicago them. makes that very clear. Fathers abandoned. Same them. with Ferguson. Seventy-four percent of all black children are born to uh, yeah, unwed that, mothers. You, now you're repeating old. No, yeah, no, no. That, that's what stuff. she was saying. She I was saying she realized that you can't blame the other people, and in fact, the welfare state is what's tempted the breakup of the black family in America. Tempted. In incentivized. Incentivized. That's it. Incentivize the breakup. And she has realized that, and I don't think she's going to stop. And uh, I think she's a very powerful threat to the Democrat hold on the black vote. She'd be fantastic if she would just trump up she's the money and just get elected. No, no. She doesn't need to get elected. She doesn't need to become a politician. She is a media person, and that's what she's going to continue no, doing. No, we need someone to counter the, the freak uh, AOC. No, Alexandra, no, no, she okay. can do it without being elected. I would say not only get elected, but in the, ne in the neighboring district in New no, York. No, no, no. She, Candace Owens, is a media person, and she's going to be great. Because well, now she's getting her her gig. She's getting she's her, getting her act together. Turning Point USA. Charlie Kirk deserves a lot of credit. That's one guy and another guy who can get elected. No, but that's not their job. Their job is to be in the media supporting the people that get elected, that run for well, office. Oh, yeah, they have to do their grassroots efforts for now because they're young enough to do it. Because after all... Well, if they ever want to run, that's fine. But there's nothing wrong with them being part of the media. I mean, the progressive movement has its people in the in the mainstream media. They have their people in politics. And, uh, you know, different. they work together. They don't have to run We're for We're getting office. off message. No, what was your message? The message was the Trumpster speech. So what were the other points that you thought were interesting? Well, you know what? There's, I don't think he had much subject matter in terms of a breakdown in his speech for two hours because he was just talking. Ranting. No, but there, he hit a lot of good points. I and believe that uh, that the BS comment was a was a climax. That's fine. They got me on a bunch of BS. That was a that was a start. Yeah, that was the one of the first comments. And uh, I find that really hilarious. And but. Quite frankly, just was rallying. I don't think there was. It's not. It's one. Of, it's not one of those speeches where you say there's a method to his madness. He was just mad. <laughs> well, but he he he. Uh, some people have called it a tour de force. Nick Gillespie. I I felt that way sitting who, there. He was a he's a libertarian. He's not a never Trumper, but he's skeptical about Trump. He probably backs Rand Paul on this uh, emergency issue. Nick Gillespie, editor in chief of Reason Magazine, based in Los Angeles, he said that this speech means that no Democrat candidate can stand up to him in the debates because Trump has got everything worked out. He's got a very thoughtful view on all these issues, 
and it's working. He can show that it's working. And he says, nobody can take up, stand against Trump in a, in a ring, in, I in think a debate. It's a guaranteed reelection. Yeah, I, I, he's very strong. He's I don't seen think he, all I don't these things I don't think he can beat him just because he's the only president that I've seen hug the flag. Oh, that's, that's not a doubt. Oh, right. come that's on. The average person, that's all they can even That's think. good. The average person, that's all they even see. You know, you, you realize that... Uh, I don't think you realize that 80% aren't watching any of all this. All right, all right, all right. But, you know, somebody was telling, saying, uh, we should have had the Space Force, or at least the Space Command, 10 years ago. Well, how about how about SpaceX just a couple of days ago? They just got it. We haven't had a, we haven't had a manned space yeah. flight for, since 2011. Well, who was president from 2009 through Obama 16? Obama shut it all down. He shut it all down. He wanted to hold back America. For eight years, he was told to hold back. By whom? By his minders in Persia? His his Saudi friends and Iranian friends. Iranian friends, yes. I agree. He was a guy who wanted to hold back America. Remember, in Saudi Arabia, even though there's there's Sunni over there and Iranians are Shia, the truth is that there are different types. There's a Wahhabi Shia. There are Sunnis run by the Wahhabis in terms of force and, and strict. But man, there's people in Saudi Arabia who really don't like the prince or the king, and they right. like to undermine them in any way, and they got Jack. They got a couple of wells assigned to them as tribal yep. leaders. So you can Obama can easily be funded. It's pretty Absolutely. obvious when... Obama's application to law school was funded by a Saudi prince. Think about that. He is definitely not a lover of America, and that's what held us back. For eight years, he was the president. Definitely a maturing candidate. Years. As Manchurian as it gets. Well, I don't think it was Manchurian. He was. You don't think he's a Manchurian candidate? No, he was just an anti-American uh, president. God. And he was. He was definitely. He definitely had. For example, in his library, he's not. All, he's not putting his records as part of the National Archives. Yeah, because it's got a bunch of crimes in it. Right. It's because it, he doesn't want to be uh, tra- tracked down. So he's definitely. I don't know if Manchurian is the case, but he's certainly an Why anti-American. Why is Manchurian? Why? Because it, it was a Hollywood movie? You don't believe yeah, it's Manchurian? Yeah, I'm not sure it worked exactly oh, like that, I but it. I think he was always... Because you bought a ticket to the movies, I didn't therefore see it. I did possibly. not see it, but I've read all about it. Come but I think Trump, Trump really made a good case. And I think the other point is we need to work, uh, on the conservative side, we need to work on getting congressional candidates. There are a lot of con- congressmen that were elected Democrat in swing districts and I think we really need to get after that, especially here in Dade County. I think uh, there are plenty. There are a couple of seats that were flipped here in South Florida, and I think we need to start looking for reasonable candidates that will be conservative and that can raise some money and that will take on these incumbents. When you look at it, there are a couple of issues. Uh, one of the Congress newly elected Democrat congressmen in South Florida is one of the co-sponsors of the Green New Deal. Now, who doesn't think the Green New Deal is a total nutcase? Uh, and and that's totally unrealistic. It's it not even a everybody. deal, and it's not new, and it's not green. It's yeah. Well, it's it is terrible. green because it's total rookly. It's a it's a ripoff. I, well, there's something that Trump said. It looks like yeah. it was written out. Uh, it looks like it was a term, a term paper. paper by a high, <laughs> poor high school student. The other point is that the Democrat Party is not supporting the Democratic opposition to the socialist dictator in Venezuela, and I think Hispanics in South Florida are very sensitive to that, and they're coming to the realization. If you're Venezuelan, if you're Nicaraguan, obviously if you're Cuban, any other South American, Central American, there's no way you can vote Democrat because it's clear that the Democrats are supporting the socialist dictator in Venezuela and in Cuba Democrats and in Nicaragua. Democrats don't see it that way at all. Pardon me? 
Democrats don't see it that way at all. Democrats think they're enlightened ones. No, no, not that. The, if other Democrats are supporting Maduro, there has to be a reason. That's right. a classic liberal no. comment. There has to be a reason. Oh, you want a late-term abortion? No, but that doesn't mean they're going to just kill anybody. There has to be a reason. Right. I go, how many people have, have died late-term abortions in the decades past whose doctors fear being persecuted after go- the Gosnell case? Then they push the agenda for late-term abortion. Right. Right now, Gosnell... There's, there's got to be hundreds, maybe even thousands of doctors who've committed those heinous acts, and it's their money and their lobby to get the, these laws passed in Vermont and New York. And how many other places have late-term abortion? In Virginia. And people don't want to realize that crime comes first and then the cover-up. Oh, yeah? These guys don't want to be accused of late-term abortion, so they want to be kind of grandfathered in Mm -hmm. after the Gosnell case. Because you couldn't convict Gosnell right now in New York. Not in New York, right. Or Vermont, who just passed it. Yep. This place sucks. I mean, there's a place, a special place in hell for Americans who keep on thinking this way. But it could, we really could be in the end times. It's pretty freaking obvious. Killing uh, infants? You, come you think on, that's bad? that stuff comes out in the Bible. That's uh, right. It was the Canaanites, right? Canaanites, Baal. They, 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 the Canaanites uh, worship a god, Baal. And some of the Jews that fell away from the Moses, truth. Moses, ran off. No, they, well, they became Canaanites themselves. King Ahab and his wife Jezebel. And so they started practicing that. You know, in uh, the in Rome... Rome fought against Carthage for supremacy in the Western Mediterranean. The city of Carthage was founded by people from Canaan, from Phoenicia in the uh, Middle East. And they had the same infant sacrifice system Hello? that they had in Phoenicia. Did you hear uh, that, folks? Phoenicia. You can only get that here on the concrete. That's true. concrete it fact. Is true. This is, this right. is revisiting history right latin our, our latin history the romans were you know not they were they could be pretty disgusting themselves but when they finally what became of the Canaanites? what was their uh, their the ultimate demise what they, caused their they, demise they just withered away through in history the arabs conquered that region in the in the 7th century but not for the punishment of th- that heinous act not not specifically they were just uh, the arabs conquered that area in the 7th century and then they held it until the Turks came along in the 16th century, and then the British, as part of World War One. Gee, uh, boy, did you move fast in, into the future? Well, those were the three empires. Damn, you went like five thousand years Arabs, in four seconds. Turks, and then the British, in the World War One, drove the Turks away, drove them out, and that's why the British had a mandate uh, over Israel and the Palestine, and they uh, established uh, a Jewish state because they decided they wanted to do that. Then 1917. The uh, secretary, Foreign Secretary Balfour said that it was the intent of the British government to create a, a homeland for the Jews in Judea, Samaria, Galilee, Golan Heights. And so that's what they did. So that's where that's where you come out. And so you're right. All this infanticide yeah, is man. not a good thing to do. It's, uh, it's really uh, uh, disgusting. Well, um, one of the good things about the Trump speech is that he's really coming out and making it a clear socialism versus capitalism issue in the coming election. And I think that that will be worth a lot. And, you know, people are saying, well, who would go for these socialist policies? Who's going for these? And then so my, my answer is there are a couple of uh, electorates, constituencies that support socialism in America. First is the technocrats. If you look at all the all the government unionized teachers, social workers, a lot of the health workers. Don't give teachers workers, that much credit. Please. Well, Technocrat. lawyers, they're technocrats. They're law- most lawyers are in favor of socialism because they think they're going to be running the new system. 
You know, that's what socialism is about. It's about power to the government. So they so figure you, they'll you be... You believe that Trump thing? That's corny. It's no, about that's theft and well, lying. Well, right. While you steal from the people Absolutely. for yourself. Absolutely. There has to... It's not so much... Power is not as addicting as theft is. Well, theft okay. is addicting. When Once there you start you stealing, you can't okay, stop. Okay, so let me give you another example. Academia. The faculty and that's the lying and part. the academic, yeah, you know, and the they're pissed off that they're, they're they have to be tenured before they get any kind of job security. They're getting all these subsidies from the federal government, including uh, in in February two thousand nine, the so-called stimulus package transferred a lot of money to academia, which is a, a solidly democratic constituency, and so they figured they'll be the favored people in this new socialist system. The other constituency is people who are dependent on government. And I'm not talking about, you know, you have a hard year and you go on food stamps for a year. No, I'm talking about the kid that saw his grandfather do it and hey, mom right. do it's it generational. and now he's doing it. It's generational. Three Everybody's on food down. stamps. Everybody's in public housing. A bunch of Kentucky coal miners, too. Oh, yeah, they get, Medicaid, took away my coal job. Medicaid, I'm living off you guys forever. Medicaid is uh, the way how you get your health care. Free public schools. The Obama are, phone. Obama don't want, phone. Don't want to lose that. Even Wi-Fi so in some cases. Uh you know, public schools that are worth what, what you pay for them. And so those are the no, two... No, what someone else pays for them. What some, yeah. So those are the two constituencies that will support I call those socialism. the conflict of interest voters. Why are they conflict of interest? Because they depend on the government, so they're going to yes. vote for more of it. Yes. You would think that uh, if you're on welfare, you should not be uh, able to vote. That's why Alexander Hamilton was correct in saying maybe only real estate owners should vote. Something like that. Someone I, who has a vested interest... I don't know about in, real estate owners. What, well, you know, it's the only way you can draw the line... You either pay in Somewhere. or you're out. Yep. I, in I, other words, if you own real estate, you want this place okay, to work, But right? there are some people that are crony capitalists, like uh, Solyndra and the whole alternative energy Those industry. Those are crony capitalists? Yes. They're, they're thieves. Well, okay, yes. They're thieves. See, you got, if you guys give names, the problem is you swallow for the lexicon that you hear out there, and you're too old for that. Mm. You have to be concrete conservatives. Say it for what it is. Yes. There's only two subject matters. Theft and lying. Okay, well. So a crony capitalist doesn't exist. Like that Washington Post came up with that number. What's crony capitalism? Solyndra. That means that Solyndra wanted to sell panels at one time for profit? No! They wanted it's the grant. Scam. And they stole it. They put up a well, beautiful the whole building. Solar solar energy, wind energy, it's a scam. Just like the only person who makes out is, is the person who has control of those vacant buildings right, right. now. Right. Well, you get all. Can the, release them. You get well, but see, the developers get all these tax credits and government guarantees. I bet you, Solyndra didn't own them buildings. They built it for them. Built the built yeah. the suit. Well, somebody. Well, yeah. So they contracted and they got the money. Right. Right. So yeah. they built it. Happy to see you go and release it. Yeah, there's a lot of good real estate out there that uh, um, built for the 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 tenant that never spent more than a year there before they belly up. I remember the the dot com boom. The row was just flooded with dot com companies. Yeah. Everybody was putting up tilt wall construction. You put them up in twenty months. Mm-hmm. Put a tenant in there in six months. And they went under. All right. Well. And of course, you had to have the might because you're going to be vacant for two or three months before you find a good tenant that right. can pay. But still, man, you had a motivation to build a building. You had deposits first month, last month, and a month security on three hundred thousand square feet. That's enough for a bank to. Extend you a construction loan. Plain and simple. Okay. You know? It's one of those things where I'm a little bit upset that us conservatives spend too much time lambasting people like myself who admit, yes, I have draconian ideas 
about reinventing the United States. And mm-hmm. while you guys dance around my draconian ideas because they're extremists, you guys keep on falling into the pit. I've never said they were of extremists. Reform. Reform is the naked, bold-faced, naked lie of the left. Get you to write another check. If we only give this a little bit more money, it'll work this time. No, man. The premise for everything that the government comes up with is to strain and employ. Whether they're going to be... I didn't say productivity. I'm talking about drain the taxpayer of his money to employ another idiot who can't make it in the private sector. And when you think of your friends, I'm also talking about my friends, all my friends and your friends who work for the government know the difference between you and them, and me and them. And that's like like a forbidden word. What's that? Underachievement. They're seeking the pension at the end of the game Hmm. when they're least productive. There isn't the go-getter, go-getter, go-getter type. No. Well, if I don't make the money, it ain't coming to me. Unionized government bureaucrats. Disgusting. And it's it's job security more than anything else. Job security on your first day of the job. You go in there with a mentality of job security. Right. And, of course, what's the first thing you see when you go into a government job? All government jobs. The picture of the president? Where the water cooler is. Oh, where the water cooler <laughs> That's exactly what you're looking at. You walk through the door, you sit down, where's the water? And then hopefully there's a copy machine next to the coffee machine next to the copying machine. So you have a reason to make copies, drink some water, make yourself a coffee for someone else so you can talk to them and blow taxpayer money. Have you ever been into any of these government buildings and find that just about everybody doing absolutely nothing? That's what they do. <laughs> you know, going to a Dade County zoning department, everybody's just shuffling papers around, they're looking at the screen. That screen is what? What's on that screen? What, the date of when these people pulled the permit for the first time? And maybe you have to call someone to say, hey, man, you got to go to the site. Uh, you know, government is like that. Not to mention all the people right now, permanent employees, undermining the Trump administration as bureaucrats. Well, the administrative state is uh, one of the real problems of the federal government. And we've had some, some of our uh, public interest, conservative public interest law firms that have called in have talked about taking on the administrative state, challenging the, the, the deference by the federal courts for decision-making and rulemaking by the administrative agencies. Uh, that's called the old Chevron deference, which is really wrong. I mean, in the case of uh, the courts, the courts are constitutionally constituted parts of the federal government. The administrative state is not at all in the Constitution. Nor are they elected. Right. So where where do the how, how could the courts defer to them? It should be the other way around. If we have an administrative state at all, they should be subject to the f- constitutional. No. How about when branch. how about when the politician passes a law, but that's promulgated by the bureaucrats? Well, that, that's they over delegate. Yes. Yeah, and then they it's under, the actual spirit of the law is undermined. In, in Sarbanes Oxley, there are 243 uh, sites where the statute says the secretary shall. So they're delegating the authority. That should be unconstitutional. Yeah. And if the secretary doesn't want to do the work, he can write the law so he that it never has it bureaucrat. never comes before him. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's unbelievable. It's uh and and we talk about the wall and we talk the, uh, today I was asked how much you think it costs to send Trump over to Vietnam. And I meant to say ten million and I said a hundred thousand. I, had a, I think I had a quip of a couple zeros there. Ten million. Yeah, I think it costs about ten million to send a president that far Could away. Be. Yep. And I felt like such a doofus saying a hundred thousand. That, that doesn't even fill up the tank right, right. Of the, uh, on the plane. 
Right. And yeah. there's two planes. And there's two of them plus two air, uh, F, F-16s. You Lots know. of uh, aircraft. Yes. Yeah, flying around. Not to mention those guys have to be there months before the president shows up in Vietnam. They've mm-hmm. got to be roaming around every rooftop. Right. They've got to take make sure that nobody's within blocks of the president. Mm-hmm. And whatever bystander's there has to be looked at to see if he has come three times straight, you know, that week before. And they scan all these people. Facial recognition is on every single Chinaman that's, I don't know, what, I don't, well, I can say chink. Nope. There are 23 we million China, Chinese still... uh, citizens that have been, uh, had their flights restricted by the Chinese government because of they, they've lost social credits because of dissent or some other reason. Or not cross, or, or not taking an older, an elderly person no, to, no, to no, cross no. the street. No, 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 I don't think it's that. I think it's mostly political dissent. 23 million Chinese have been docked. They, they're not able to take long distance flights and things like that. For misbehaving. So but you're supposed to take care of the elderly. If there's a famine in they're, China, they're those guys are gonna get their food supplies cut. Don't I be think, surprised. I, I think we're in a big mess. So what do you feel about uh, Guaido getting back into Venezuela today? Well, I, the he's great a courageous fanfare. guy. And he had a, a bunch of Americans around him. Really? And, and other amba- other ambassadors and dignitaries. Oh, okay. So all the ambassadors went out so that, uh, uh, what's his name? Wouldn't, no, there Maduro were Americans there. You can up. tell there was Americans in the crowd from the State Department. I just don't okay. know who they are. So I the recognize... State Department sent the, all their They're gringos who were in that crowd, man. And they so walked right Ma- down. If Maduro tried something, he'd be uh, he'd going be up against gringos. Americans. Yeah, then you, he'd be in trouble. Yeah, man, you shoot one gringo in one of those airports. Uh, 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 uh that could be serious. <laughs> that could be serious problems. Um, at the same time, I don't know when was the last time the Americans uh, uh, treated. Um, oh, forget it. Well, you know, John Bolton says that the Monroe Doctrine is back. How? In what I don't form? Know. We'll see. We'll see. Don't you got to pass that again? And no, Rand Paul, you don't, you and then Rand Paul get in your way. It was just a, a letter from President Monroe to Congress saying it was, it's the interest and intent of this administration. So it's called the Trump Row doctrine. doctrine. It's a yeah, Trump Row doctrine. Yeah, <laughs> Trump, Trump Row doctrine. Or the revival of the Monroe doctrine. Monroe Trump doctrine. Uh, I think they're going to be. Uh, you're going to see more activity there. And uh, well, Maduro it would, better it be would make sense. For Trump, because I think Americans, for the most part, with the exception of Bush, mm-hmm. most Americans, that's Victoria's Vidal's wife. You know, that old ringer that from Bell South days? That's to remind that's him of got, back yeah. in the day when his kitchen was formica and green, yep. and the carpet was yellow, Yep. and he had a big conch shell on the entrance of his house, and he only wore polyester, Yes. and he told... Katrina, I'm going to be the most successful husband you've ever met. Please marry me. And she goes, well, I don't believe that part, but I'll marry you anyway. Yep. Just because, you know, you're liberal. Was Katrina liberal? Yeah, she was. No, she's not. She, she must have been a flower girl. She was born and uh, hung out in Washington State. No, no, no. She's she, from Oregon. No, but no. Oregon. Wait a minute. Sorry. Next door. Conservatives and libertarians in Oregon. They're just not in uh, Portland. Out, they're out in the sagebrush country. I was shocked when Please I went out explain there. Explain what the sagebrush. Sagebrush. If you get away sage, from the Willamette sagebrush, sage if you get away from the Willamette Valley and uh, Portland metro area and uh, Eugene, where the University of Oregon is, and Corvallis, where Oregon State, that whole uh, valley is very liberal. It's flower power. Uh, but if you go across the uh, Cascade Mountains. Most of Oregon is like a desert, dry, dry land, sagebrush. And those folks are very, very libertarian. Uh, 
Michael Berry, who is a radio host in Houston, who's also broadcast out of Portland, says those people are Texans. They really, they really are. Well, there's no proximity whatsoever. No, because it's a culture. It's not the geography. It, and they're away from the big cities. And what is the tie between uh, Texas lifestyle and Oregon? Pickup trucks. Life? Pickup trucks. Western Eastern, horses. Horses. A lot of horses. Pickup trucks. Uh, guns. Hunting and fishing. Uh, that's all most of Oregon. So would, uh, would, would you say that Eastern... Um, Central and Eastern Oregon is like uh, And how about Washington? Texas. Central, Eastern it's Washington? similar, yes, yes. There's a big, it's a it, you know rural, uh, libertarian, gun-toting. Yeah, shake running. your hand and walk out with a bunch of groceries to pay next week. I don't know about that. <laughs> you know. But they're not flower power, hippy-dippy, uh, Mushroom like the ones in Portland. Actually, dropping the problem freakism. in Portland is now Antifa is running parts of the city. And the police department is deferring to them. Okay, now, now you're taking a giant leap. So Antifa actually yes. has administrators and yeah, Antifa city managers. Runs, and... is running parts of the city, yes. And the police will not go and interfere. It's like uh, in Colombia where Pastrana gave the FARC their own part of the country. It, that's what's happening And then Santos Portland. gave them all, they gave them half a Cuba. Right, right, right. So, But now Duque is uh, cracking down again. But no... Uh, the Antifa ha, has his own juris, has had its own jurisdiction in Portland. They they've run this downtown, and the police will not go and uh, harass them. It's kind of like the Occupy Wall Street events. Those were also no go zones for the police. And in downtown Portland, Oregon, there are kids overdosing. You know, there's, there's a medical squad that comes around just like nothing else happened. Kids will drop on the floor on the ground, and and they'll be taken care of by the medical squad. Clean them up. To give Clean them, them up and higher get them going again. Drugs for next week. Absolutely. Well, I don't know about that, but uh, they get them going. Yeah. See how he goes PC on you. you I'm not PC. What are you talking about? Well, I don't know about that. But today, I, I I'm hoping that, that we get a couple of calls. We have some callers scheduled. The first caller couldn't make it, but we have several conservative and libertarian think tanks that are doing some interesting litigation. Uh, they're suing to get. Uh, voter rolls in Harris County, Texas. They're suing in Florida to stop the city of Coral Gables from uh, from photographing all the cars and knowing where all the citizens are going. So uh, I think we'll have a good good turnout of uh, libertarian think tanks and litigation firms that will tell us about what's going on in the country. How many libertarians do you think live in Coral Gables? In Coral Gables? I think uh, we had one last week. Uh, so just one. Yes, there is one. Uh, Raul Mas. Raul Mas is uh, probably the only one. I was wondering why Raul really didn't have this warm, touchy-feely about my mom's founding of the... Different part of the family. Yes, I realized that it was, I wasn't the son, it was a brother right. of uh, Jorge Mascanos. Jorge Mascanos, right, right, right. So yeah, I think that... he has a son named Raul, I guess he named after his brother. Mm-hmm. I think Raul... I think, I think, I'm not sure, I really don't know if Jorge Mascanosa's, look, there's a reminder, about, I think uh, um, Jorge Mascanosa has a son named Raul, I'm not sure, I really don't know, because I never really had any relationship. But he is the kids. only libertarian in Coral Gables, Florida, I think. I should just reply, I don't know about that. No, 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 I think uh, we have a hey, good I shot. just reminded of a highlight in Trump's speech. What's that? When, the, uh, he, when he brought the kid up who, who received right. the blow. Hayden Williams. 
That's he, where you got me, man. Your recall, Hayden Williams, I would have never remembered. No, that's very important because one of the problems that we're having, conservatives on campus are getting beaten up physically. That's it then. That's the highlight of his speech, the executive order to respect free speech on campus. There you go. I knew you'd ring a bell with me sooner. <clears throat> ring my bell. Yeah, no, I think... Uh, ring my bell. Uh, Trump is... that. That's really one of the best things he's going to be able to do. I mean, there, I'm not sure that he should need to do that. I mean... He needs to do he, that. I agree. I, Hello? But I, he shouldn't have to. And I think it's really a of failure. Of he has to. It's a failure of the university There's nothing we to can not do. defend free speech. There's nothing we can do at this point yep, that we shouldn't I agree. have to do. Right. We're talking about... We were surrounded by a bunch of Bolsheviks who are denying it, which is classic Bolshevism. Lie, lie, lie. Lie, lie, lie. No, no, I'm not a communist. I just act like one want the same laws as the yeah. communists. It's sad that Berkeley, which is a foundation for the free speech movement, is now opposing free speech. See what I mean? Everything we have to do now has to be done. The, the Republican Party really can't do anything but vote in unison, even if you disagree with them. Because disagreeing with our agenda now is siding with the other side. And there's two shocking all moments in my life the, in politics that are very new to me. Romney's failure to win the presidency. No, after no, all no. those blatant lies by Barack Hussein Obama. And then... Romney didn't connect. But... I know. Obama didn't connect either. Well, I know. If, if no, Romney didn't yeah. connect and Obama disconnect, okay? Oh, and yet he won. A lot of people won voted by for... by six million the first time, two and a half million the second time, by, and all in Florida. The, the only president who lost, who won the second time by less than the first margin. Yes. Disgusting. And then, of course, I really am taken aback by, after everything that's going on, I'm really taken aback by the left regaining the house and having to see Pelosi all over again. No, that is not surprising. Paul Ryan is a wussy rhino, and none of those Republicans would stand up to the Democrats. Paul Ryan and most of the leadership, and certainly the 40 people retired, thought that Trump was going to be forced out of office six or seven months after the election. You really believe they thought, thought that, yes. They thought that the Russian collusion actually was true. It. Yes, they're so dumb, they're so cowardly, they're so you corrupt. Think so? Yes, yes. That's they're, really a they're sad cowards. state of affairs. They are because us novice knew that couldn't have possibly I, been. I never believed it, but those Republicans Come on, I thought are that was cowardly. Hilarious from the very beginning. Cowardly, they are corrupt, so they, you know, they're looking for their donors, and th- they're not conservatives. So they, that was the problem. I, that's why I was saying earlier that it's important that we have conservative candidates for Congress that can take Congress back. And you know there are two districts right here in South Florida where if we can find the right people, we should be able to do it because it's clear to everyone in South Florida that the Democrats do not support the Democratic opposition in... in uh, are you sure your phone is working? Because I tried calling in. I couldn't get through he left it off the hook, or were we, talk, or were we talking on speakerphone this whole time? Ah. How about that? Well, it, it sounds like our phone was off. What, did you call it? Yeah, was... he says uh, our line. Hello? Uh, no answer on either line. Oh, my God. That was really bizarre. That was well, like I a... think the sports talker had it off. He might have had it off. Yes. The ringer off? Oh, my God. Or no, he, he had mute. everything or off. He had the mute button on. Um, yeah, someone. Oh, he had no ringer. That's what it is. There you go. 
Hello, this is Mac on the Rock, Concrete Conservative, WSQF 94.5. I believe I'm speaking to uh, uh, Churchwell. Hey, Logan. How are you, sir? Good. How about yourself? Uh, the, apparently, our you know since we're a community, community radio station, we don't have executive producers that are worth a damn except for my show with Victorious Vidal. Uh, we didn't <laughs> have the ringer on, so you were calling and calling and calling, and we couldn't hear you call. All right, Logan, thank you very much for calling. And I want to tell our audience uh, what your background is and who you're working with. I should tell our audience that I met you when I was in Houston, and I think you were working with Catherine Engelbrecht at True the Vote. Is that right? That's right. I got started in the uh, old election integrity game with True the Vote in Houston, Texas, and since moved on to uh, the Public Interest Legal Foundation. I'm the communications and research director for the group. We're based in Indianapolis. And the organization is led by New York Times bestselling author J. Christian Adams, who's also a former DOJ attorney. Didn't he resign when uh, Holder wouldn't prosecute the new Black Panther Party in Philadelphia? That's absolutely right. Uh, Mr. Adams brought a voter intimidation case against the new Black Panther Party. It's a violation of the Voting Rights Act. Uh, they brought the case. Uh, at the time, General Holder said that the new Black Panthers defaulted on the lawsuit. They just never responded to it and never followed up on it. Okay, well, in, in 2008, November, Election Day, I was in North Philadelphia, and I we were, uh, there were out-of-state lawyers, and they had a local driver who was driving us around the different polling places, because we didn't have enough poll watchers to do this, and the guy who was in the uh, in the the circuit right next to me actually ran into these Black Panthers and they stole his notes and uh, he was pretty outraged. And so we were hoping that they, they would be prosecuted, but nothing happened. No, uh, and it's not really a surprise. The, the new Black Panthers show up every now and then. They show up in cities like Baltimore and Philadelphia. Uh, maybe you see them in areas around D.C. Right. Uh, and they're a lot, they, sometimes they're armed. Uh, one of them had a billy club, the one in 2008, that made yep. uh, the big splash. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's not uncommon to see them in certain cities. And the most alarming thing is they're not just lo loitering around the polling place. Some of them are actually on the job serving as election clerks, judges, wow. and poll watchers. So right. they, they have paperwork to be there. And yet that's how they dress and arm themselves sometimes. Yeah, I think that's why it's so important for everyone to be uh, involved with election integrity around Election Day. Now, here in Florida... <coughs> Come on, man. Oh, yeah. Here in Florida, I act as a poll watcher uh, for the various... Oh, got some water. You know, he, he denies the water you give them and everything. Anyway, here in Florida, I act as a, a poll watcher for uh, on election day but i think it's important for people who are not necessarily lawyers to also be involved as election workers and get inside the game or be uh, stationary poll watchers now i remember you were doing that in in houston but i hear that you guys have filed a lawsuit to try to get the harris county uh, uh, election registrar to 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 disclose uh, what the voter rolls are like why don't you tell us about that Right. So uh, very quickly on your first point, it's absolutely right. You do not need a law degree to serve as a volunteer in our elections. There's so much work to be done, so many places to fill. Step up and do it. Uh, you'll feel great about it. But in terms of Houston, uh, yes, we wanted to. We approached Houston because for years they were saying that non-citizens are becoming registered to vote, 
and the people that ran the voter roll essentially said they were powerless to stop it, and they would regularly go before the legislature in Austin, or they would even go up to Capitol Hill in D.C. and say, pass this law or don't pass that law, because if you follow that action, you're going to make it worse and harder for us to keep non-citizens from voting. So we decided to basically fact-check them and see how many non-citizens were they catching. We knew they were catching some. Uh, we would like to see how they were coming through and identify what the procedural breakdown was. The uh, the Democratic Party that essentially runs Harris County, now Lock, Stock, and Barrel, uh, and their officials at the county offices said, go away, you have a right to that information. So we filed a federal lawsuit. And what's important to know here is that you have a right under federal law to review uh, voter registration records, particularly how well they're maintained in mm -hmm. terms of removing people that are dead, relocated, non-citizens, got felony convictions. You have a right to look at all of that, and not enough people realize that, and were therefore weren't using that right, so it empowered some clerk, like the ones in Howard Harris County, to think they could get away with telling someone to, to run away. Uh, you don't have a right to that. So, of course, we have to file a federal lawsuit. So the next time someone wants to see this information, you, you don't need a law degree. You should just be able to have an email account that takes email uh, and see those records sent back to you. It should be that simple. You should not have to have a lawsuit, but here we are. So what, what, what kind of response have you gotten? Have you been able to review their uh, voter rolls? We are still in federal court on this. We, we filed this lawsuit last year, and this is another important lesson. Federal lawsuits involving elections uh, can move on the same path as molasses yep. uh, in, in many places because uh, even though this case has been going for a year, we are still only in the very beginning stages of the litigation. We are still waiting to hear back from the court if the county will have its way and have the whole lawsuit tossed. Uh, wow. our, our preliminary hearings, uh, it sounds like the case is going to advance to a full trial, but we still haven't gotten that green light yet from the court to, to proceed. We're, we're waiting patiently. Mm -hmm. well, well, that good. applies to the rest of us if you're successful. Well, but I think you guys are going to the right place because I'm a roving poll watcher. As a lawyer, I go to various polling places. We try to have stationary poll watchers wherever we can. But I realize that the battle starts in who gets on the voter rolls. And if you get non-citizens or you get some other fraudulent voters on the rolls on Election Day, I can't, I can't really challenge them because they come in with their voter cards and uh, it's too late. So I think you guys are at the right place. Exactly. And here's something to think about. Whenever people hear about non-citizens or just people that are voting that should, they immediately jump up and say, we need voter ID. Well, guess what? Non-citizens that are registered to vote, to vote and are voting, they have voter rights. Right. They became registered to vote when they got their driver's license. Right. So this is bigger than just having an ID at the polls. This is taking a look at federal <laughs> law and state laws and determining if the laws themselves are bad or if the people enforcing those laws aren't doing their jobs correctly. And that's what Public Interest Legal Foundation does across the country. We're not as focused about putting people in the polling place to work. We're looking at making sure the rules are fair before the election day even starts. Okay, but in California, everybody, all the, all these illegals have voter ID because they have the driver's license. So what can you do there? You can hope and pray that California isn't registering them to vote at the same time they're giving them their driver's oh, license. Oh, they are. They are. And last week, on uh, February 28th, 
the state of California announced that it's going to go through a second audit of its voter registration system to determine how many non-citizens they accidentally, quote-unquote, registered to vote since they started automatically registering everyone at the DMV to vote. So there's about 100,000 cases where they've registered non-citizens or they've registered teenagers, and I mean like 16-year-olds right. getting learner's <laughs> permits, getting registered to vote at the same time, and other issues as well. They've got at least 100,000 cases that they have to work through and figure out how many which ways is their machine broken in order to fix it. And let's hope that some actual reform comes of this. Well, I know that in Los Angeles County they had more registered voters than residents. That's right. Uh, and it wasn't just in Los Angeles County. Uh, throughout the state of California, there were more registered voters than adults with a pulse. Now, that's another line of research that Public Interest Legal engages in, where we will crunch the numbers and look at counties that have more registered voters than adult residents. And that includes non-citizens, and we give a full benefit of the doubt. If you're 18 and have a pulse, and yet you still have more registered voters than that total population figure, something yep. is very wrong. And sometimes we have to file federal lawsuits to correct those shifts. Well, I mean, is um, is there a crime when that occurs? It, it, it seems to me that the only offense would be if actually people were voting with these number with these dead people's IDs uh, as a proof. It's not just dead people. People that are not entitled to vote are getting okay, registered. Okay, but is there? Pl- uh, we're assuming that there's plenty of violations, but. Is it enough to win a case? I mean, you guys have found cases where, um, I mean, I know of campaigns where a person is down by 5% and loses by 7%. That smells like, uh, you know, ballot harvesting. But uh, is there cases where you can honestly say that elections have been skewed by that many dead people voting or that many illegals voting? And is that part yeah. of your lawsuit? Uh, there's, there have been separate lawsuits filed by the state of Texas itself. Uh, and also lawsuits filed by campaigns that have lost their elections. Here's the reason you don't hear about them that much, though. We're talking about elections that are won by a margin of 12 or so votes. So these are mid-sized city and and rural town school board, mayoral, little races that you never hear about on CNN or Fox or anywhere on a national scale because it was never even a federal election to begin with. But there are scores and scores of cases very recently, we're talking the past two, three years, particularly in places like in South Texas, where elections have were redone because four votes were stolen, and that was enough to change the outcome. So yeah, you have very thin margins in many of these local races, and absentee ballot fraud is usually the main cause of what's throwing these races, and, and a close vote. Well, not so much of a close second, but a second would be people impersonating dead people. Uh, so between absentee ballot fraud, impersonating dead people, and non-citizens impersonating U.S. citizens, stealing their identities in right. order to keep the ruse alive, they vote as well. You're seeing a lot of prosecution among those three areas of fraud from Texas to North Carolina and we might even see that start to percolate uh, up in New Jersey and Pennsylvania as well. So if you if you were to win your case in uh, in one state, could you uh, could the courts recognize it and apply it to other states so that we can solve this problem nationwide? Or will we just constantly be befuddled by different cases going on all at once and never really solving the problem, just confusing us all? 
there's a strong chance that other courts will recognize uh, what happens. This, this case is in the Southern District of Texas, uh, which is primarily Houston, but it goes all the way down to Rio Grande Valley. So this is a very large district, uh, with a lot of people in it, yeah. some very high-profile cases, especially that have to do with immigration and voting rights law come out of there. So this is a district that is no stranger to these types of, of issues. So yes, there's a good chance that other judges around the country would take a look at that, um, but they're in no way handcuffed to those decisions. If they think there's a difference in the case that's before them as compared to what we have in Houston or against the state of Pennsylvania or other areas, uh, yeah, they, they can take a good look at that outcome, but they're no way married to it. It's good because that uh, this district goes all the way down to South Texas because a lot of the election chicanery is by the Rio Grande uh, border. So it's it's right. a it's good thing that uh, you're doing the the lawsuit there. Now, what about other places like in Minnesota? I found out they have motor voters, so you can register on election day. That's a total right. end run. Right. So some states, Minnesota's one, uh, Wisconsin is another. Uh, those are the two, one of the two largest states, I should say. Uh, but Maryland has also recently joined the fray, where if you are not registered to vote, you can show up on Election Day, and New Hampshire is another one of these. You can show up on Election Day and say, I would like to register to vote, and I would like to cast a regular ballot. Well, not a provisional ballot. Right. This is a regular ballot. This one counts. It's not coming back. Right. Uh, and those states will allow it. Now, some states are that they set up rules where you must prove your residency or you must show an ID. You know, and those are nice things to have. Yeah. And really the only way you could have an, a same day registration law have a chance at working with a limited amount of fraud is if you had to prove identity and residency up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that there was verification after that. Wisconsin has laws like that, but not all do. And in some places it's totally on the honor system. Uh, New Hampshire is one of those. You can drive across the state line from Boston, say you have a domicile, uh, give them an address. It doesn't necessarily have to be yours as long as it's an address. Uh, And then you cast a regular ballot and you can go home. The state is trying to crack down on that type of activity, uh, but the ACLU and others have sued uh, quite successfully uh, to block those reforms. They're very common sense reforms. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there is a, a small collection of states in the union uh, they're mostly blue states, uh, or they're a bit purplish. Uh, but, yeah, you can register to vote and cast a regular ballot on election. And, of course, without a photo ID. And some of them, that's correct, yes. Well, you know, Logan, I have to, I hate to say this, but uh, I've been a poll watcher since uh, 1978 in Chicago. So that's where I learned. And my view has come to be that for the Democrat Party, election fraud is a standard campaign tactic. Hate to say that. It's a, it's Why a, should you hate to say that? Well, because it's sad to, to recognize it. I don't but even think it's they, sad. They push the envelope beyond the, the you know what, I, what's really I don't lawful. think it's sad. I think it's ridiculous it's that just, we don't call them on yeah, we need to, decades yeah, we, after that's decades why, after that's decades. That's one of the things I do every election day. I'm always early, um, early voting in Florida. We have two weeks of early voting, like Texas. We even vote during the weekends in Florida. And so I'm always out there uh, poll watching and roving. And I think it's very important for you know ordinary citizens to put in some time either as poll watchers or better yet, go get trained. If you have time, go get trained as poll workers so you can be inside all the machinery on election day and during early voting. I'll 
I'll do you one better. You can also sign up to watch people open and sift through the mail ballots. Oh, that's that important. another way you can observe. And, and like I said before, you do not need a law degree for this. Uh, all you have to do is have the time because these counties that run these elections right. are starving for manpower. <laughs> I mean, the the general workforce that is ready to serve in elections is only aging, right. uh, and there just aren't generations younger than the boomer cl- uh, generation coming in to, to fill out those roles. So this is uh, very important for younger generations to get involved in uh, because observation changes things. The more eyeballs you have on a right. process, Absolutely. the more honest it's going to be run, and the more faith they're going to have in it, because you watched it. You, you made sure it worked. Or if you saw a problem, you reported it correctly, as opposed to complaining about it on Facebook at, thereafter. I mean, right. After the fact, yeah. grievances well, on Facebook isn't going to fix it. I had a friend of mine work uh, in the Broward County elections, and he was faced with tremendous resistance as soon as he called something out that it was patterned. Man, he had the cops stormed in. They said sure. that you can't be doing this. And he goes, wait a minute, I have the right to do this. Yep. what my job well, is. Well, Broward County has pretty biased cops, and they were we they intimidated him right away. And he filed all kinds of emails. I mean, filed all kinds of reports, sent emails out, and nothing became of it. And that well, was... Uh, that that's what you have to have. That was 2012. Active, you got to have an active poll watching group, and then Broward County in particular has a pretty crooked sheriff who's replaced by the new governor. So uh, I know what you're talking about, but you just have to stand up to it. Broward County. I remember I was in a church once uh, trying mm-hmm. to meet Ben Carson in person, and I showed him that poster that we have here in the studio, and man, two cops came and intimidated me, took me out, like treated me like a heckler. And I just sat very close yeah. to where he entered the room so that when he was leaving, I could address to him yep. and uh, name drop someone mm-hmm. that he would know personally to buy me a five well, more minutes of but, time. You know, in Florida, there are a lot of retired folks. And I think that's a very good thing for retired. If they have some extra time, go work in the election. Uh, yeah, but they could also vote in Boston and then vote in Miami. Well, we hope that they will not do that, right? Yes. Yeah, there's a you lot of... You should only vote in one state. <laughs> How many people are voting in Florida and in well, New York? That, but see, that's that's something that the federal government, before the Trump administration, was discouraging states from double-checking with each other. It's incredible. Right? There's Isn't a lot that of right, Logan? With, there's a lot of people with two homes, you know? Logan, I think... Right. Is, that, is that right? Can you confirm that, that the... The, the the feds were kind of discouraging, and the ACLU was suing so that states wouldn't compare their voting roles. Right. Uh, so essentially, you had groups like ACLU, Demos, LULAC, and others that just had it in their heads collectively that it is a a bad and dangerous thing when states talk to each other and cooperate with each other. No. So the state of New York can keep tabs on their guy that moves to Florida permanently and establishes the homestead or something. I think it's a bad thing for New York and Florida to be talking to each other because what if they misidentify the wrong guy because they have a similar name? We, we just can't take that risk, so no. let's just not even talk to each other. Meanwhile, the Justice Department is not helping out the states and saying, look, this, this follows federal law. They're not breaking anything here. Uh, everyone can always be more careful, but we should not ditch cooperation out of afraid of not being able to do our jobs correctly. That's why we're professionals. Uh, so, yes, states were having an increasingly hard time um, in terms of cooperating with each other because groups were constantly trying to tear apart their, their cooperatives between each other, their, their agreements, uh, and attacking the people that ran the program. 
the, the Secretary of State of Kansas, Chris Kobach, was in charge of all of the 40-some-odd states mm-hmm. working with each other. And Chris Kobach originally became enemy number of the state number one because he had the idea to have states talk to each other. Now, that's really where he went wrong in the eyes of the organized left. He was trying to clean up voter rolls across state lines and make sure fraud wasn't occurring. Uh, that kind of activity cannot be allowed uh, by – certainly wasn't allowed by the Holder Justice Department, right. the Obama Justice Department. And some of those left-wing groups are still carrying that torch, unfortunately. That's no. why I said they, it's part of their strategy. It's not an accident. It's not negligence. It's a strategy to engage in voter fraud. That's my view. So uh, how much of, how much would this be solved by simply, and it, it can't be a federal case uh, in the case of voter ID because it has to be state cases. No, no, but they're suing under the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Isn't that right? Yes. Uh, in some cases, the... Um so take Texas, for example. Texas made a lot of news recently and said, we think we have 95,000 people that are not citizens that are still currently registered to vote, and we need to investigate. <clears throat> Here's how we're going to proceed. When they made that announcement, uh, LULAC and the ACLU and a couple of other groups sued the state of Texas and some various counties that were clearly taking their instructions from the state and were researching the issue further. And they said, look, if you take this information and you write a letter to that person who may be a non-citizen, or maybe they're a naturalized citizen now uh, that can vote, if they receive that letter from you, which you should not have, you could intimidate them as a voter. So the state of Texas is fighting off a lawsuit right now saying that the state of Texas is engaging in systematic voter intimidation by communicating with its registered voters, saying, look, we have pieces of information here. One piece says you're a citizen. The other piece says you're not a citizen. Uh, both uh, owners of this, of this state data believe their data is correct. So we're coming to you to figure out where's the discrepancy. Are you a naturalized citizen or not? Because we know you're registered to vote. So we need to get to the bottom of this. Uh, but according to LULAC and others, that getting to the bottom of the issue is an act of voter intimidation, a violation of the Voting Rights Act of 1965, and it therefore must be stopped. It's the same tactic that they use to shut down many of the states talking to each other, tracking people moving from one state to the other, and now they're applying it to non-citizen voter issues here. Uh, oh. And this is only going to continue, yep. because what the left really wants to do here is handcuff states and counties from maintaining their voter rolls. Yep. They want to create tiny little spaces in which acceptable voter roll maintenance can occur, and that means waiting for the next of kin to tell you that grandma died or waiting for that person moving from Michigan to Florida to say, by the way, I'm moving. Right. Other than that, you can't touch their record. Don't well, get creative. Don't get preact- proactive. Don't touch it because you could make a mistake and you could intimidate them. Right. So well, don't even bother. What about what about the, the Department of Vital Records? Shouldn't they play a role in just announcing who's died in the in each state? You would think that's a given, but because that's uh, like the automatic right there. Uh, it last uh, two weeks ago in Connecticut, the, the DOJ actually had to create a memorandum of, of understanding between the Connecticut statewide registrar of voters and the Connecticut 
uh, basically vile statistics office, the, the keeper of the death records, yes. uh, of the death certificates. There had to be a federal intervention to make those two state offices talk to each other. Because all the way up until two weeks ago, the statewide registrar of voters had no idea when someone in their state died, even though the office that had the list of all the dead people was basically a stone's throw away. They were not talking to each other. So you would think that's a given. Yeah, I, I immediately thought... The DOJ had to jump in and fix it. But the, by court mandate or just because? Uh, it was a memorandum of understanding. So essentially they created an agreement to avoid a lawsuit. Initiated by whom? By an elected official? I think, or, no, it sounds like or, the federal government stepped in. This was the Trump Justice Department. Oh, I see. So it's just mandate uh, coerced, basically. It, can't the ACLU kind of try to block that? They could try, but this is considered best practices by even states like California and Oregon, that it was actually quite surprising that this even had to become an issue. I mean, people just suspected that it was happening. Yeah, that's why I asked, because I'm, I'm, I'm always flabbergasted about the stupidity of the human being uh, in government, because I'm really anti-government just about in every aspect. But uh, it just seems like that's the end-all, be-all. I mean, when someone dies, there's... There's a record of it, and it should be cross-referenced daily, hourly, by the minute. Uh, uh, you know, that means also, you know, revoking the driver's license and uh, acknowledging the fact that that person's mm -hmm. taxes will become due because if they're the single payer, you know, they're the only breadwinner in the home. It just seems that the vital statistics should start a, a chain of events, not just voter ID. And it's unfortunate that we have to have these conversations especially in 2018, but in some places we do. Okay. Uh, some places well, tell we us, uh, to, end our, uh, to end our interview, uh, tell us uh, how do we support your organization? Let yeah, our what's audience your know. website? Well, our, the organization is called the Public Interest Legal Foundation. We're based out of Indianapolis, Indiana. You can visit us online at publicinterestlegal.org. We are a 501c3 nonprofit. Uh, so all contributions are fully tax deductible under the law, which is a great thing. And like I said before, our organization is Public Interest Legal Foundation, and we are led by Jay Christian Adams. I'm sure you've seen him on Fox News before. He's on a lot. Great. Thank you very much for telling us. And you're based in Florida, right? I live in St. Petersburg, actually. All right. Well, next time, you come down to, next time you come down to South Florida, you'll have to come visit our studio. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for your call, and it was, uh, I think our audience really learned something today. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. So, All right. See, Houston is a hot spot of uh, voter integrity and uh, voter uh, intimidation and voter back and forth, because Harris County is a very tightly contested county. The Democrats have swept last two elections, but it has a very strong Republican Party, so... Uh, you know, we, 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 we win some and we lose some, especially fighting with LULAC. Uh, but uh, Logan, uh, I met him there. He was working with True the Vote, Catherine Engelbrecht, and I think this is a very important mission that he's on and that uh, Jay Christian Adams is on also. Because if you don't get, you know, if you don't get the vote, uh, you're, you're, it's, it's a fraud. And, you know, if you have people that are not entitled to vote who are voting, that also takes away from your vote. It doesn't take it away. It just guarantees the Democrats going to win. Let's uh, that's, uh, call it a break and let's listen to REM stand.
If you like our programming on WSQF 94.5 in Key Biscayne, you can also hear us very far away nationwide, WSQFradio.com. And if you like our audio files and our subject matter, subscribe to YouTube Mac on the Rock Rampage. Take care and stay free.